Thanks for listening to Kim Commando today. While we enjoyed this holiday time with our friends and family, here's a replay from September 2023. I always like to kick things off with something interesting. And guess what's trending on Google right now? Searches for sick day excuses. Yeah, sick day excuses. And there's a reason. There's this huge game that has been launched called Starfield. And one of our IT geniuses and superheroes over here at Commando, John, he said that it's the most addicted he's been to a game since playing Skyrim. And in the last week, it saw more than one million concurrent players streaming it at once. Now, Pete Hines, he's the head of publishing at Bethsaida. That's the company that put it out. He actually posted a fake doctor's note on his Twitter that he said everybody could use. Uh, It goes like this, to whom it may concern, please excuse me from work, school, chair, and chores for the foreseeable future. Again, it's called Starfield, in case you want to check it out. But speaking of, I broke up with my video game console because now it's my Xbox. Nothing personal. It was just time for a Switch. Yeah, I know. You're about ready to get more tech smart because every single thing is now a tech thing. I'm, of course, Kim Commando, America's digital goddess, here with you once again. It's the biggest show. It's the best show. It's the most trusted show about all things digital. And if if it's your first time tuning in, a big old welcome to you. And to our regular listeners, it's always wonderful to see your familiar and happy face. Now, you can find my award-winning show on over 420 top radio stations throughout the United States, and we're streaming in your favorite radio app. And you can find us commercial-free as a webcast, as a podcast, inside the Commando community. You can get 30 days free right now by heading to commando.com and hitting that button that says Commando Community. And a special hello goes out to all of our listeners in the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marine Corps, the Coast Guard, and the Space Force, and 175 different countries who are joining us on the American Forces Network Radio, serving more than 375,000 American servicemen and women. And I'm sure that you have at least a few questions about something digital I can lend a hand to. And our T-Mobile unlimited listener line is now open at 1-888-825-5254. And just a quick reminder that if you're just too dang shy to come on a big-time radio show and podcast, I get that. You can drop me your questions over at commando.com. Just use that button that says Email Kim. You can count on me checking at least 35 different websites every single day to bring you up to date with the top five things that you need to know about tech right now. And we're going to start with Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. You remember that game? That's where you try to link any actor to Kevin Bacon through a series of movies. The idea suggests that any two people on Earth are connected through just six acquaintances or less. It's been more of a myth That is, until now. Scientists recently found evidence to back this up. That's right. A global team of researchers took it upon themselves to put this theory to test. They started with a simple game connecting individuals labeled A, B, C, and D, allowing them to look at connections with people outside their current circle. Now, here's the part. After after a series of connections were made, the scientists were able to trace their connections to each other. So, I tried this out myself to see if I could connect to myself with Meghan Markle. As a matter of fact, I was making dinner and Barry said, you know, six degrees of separation. We were talking about this. He said, who would you connect with? I said, I don't know, Meghan Markle. And then he said, how would you do that? I said, well, I know someone who lives next to Will Smith's agent. Uh, So I could contact that person who would contact that person, probably Will Smith's agent probably knows who her agent is. And then that's so I'm only looking at maybe three connections away from her. Then I thought to myself, why would I ever want to talk to a narcissistic actress and a royal formerly known as Prince? 
I'd rather try to find Elon Musk, right? All right, let's move on to number two. A heads up, if you have an Amazon Prime account, it's going up in costs on deliveries because here's what's going on. If you have your packages put into your garage using the Amazon key and delivery feature, well, now it's going to set you back $1.99, almost $2 per delivery, unless you choose the Amazon delivery day option. That's when instead of getting the next day, the next hour, maybe it's five days from now, it's going to cost you two bucks for them to open the garage. And Amazon's also trying to nickel and dime you in the subscribe and save. I don't know if you noticed this, but they've made some major changes. If you buy something, that subscribe and save button is automatically checked. Yeah, pretty sneaky stuff. So make sure you're looking there. And more to add to the pile of stuff that you have to pay up for. If you order under $150 in Amazon Fresh grocery orders, you're going to have to pay a delivery fee. For orders under $50, it's going to cost you $10 more. One more thing. Amazon's going to start charging customers a dollar if they return items to a UPS store when there's a Whole Foods and Amazon Fresh or Kohl's closer to their delivery address. That happened to my husband, Barry. He's like, Amazon's going to charge me a buck. I don't even know where Whole Foods is. I'm like, "Mm, yeah, it's not too far from here. Uh, Moving on to number three, what happens in Vegas are the robots. What's going on with that? Uh, You can head to a robot and ask for the best recommendation on a restaurant. No need for a human concierge anymore. Bots are serving up frozen margaritas, and they're even handing over hotel keys in Las Vegas. Now, some new studies there that say up to 65%, wow, of the jobs in Vegas could be automated by 2035. Wipes out a lot of jobs, and you know tourism is a big part of that economy. So just how bad will this impact be? The Culinary Union in Las Vegas is ready to go on strike. It wants to have a contract that protects against artificial intelligence replacing jobs. You know, and start thinking about this. What about a robotic dealer? You know, that would be kind of weird, wouldn't it? A blackjack dealer, Um, robotic entertainers, you know, that's coming for sure. Moving on to number four, wouldn't it be great to just go offline? Think about this. No email, no logging in, no authentication codes, no memes, no social media. Well, one guy in Canada tried it out. For a whole year, Aaron Rosenberg spent his time by not going online. He taught English and theater at a local high school. And while he was there, he noticed like how important it was for the kids to be connected. They always had this phone glued to his body. So it was hard for them to turn it off. So what did he do? He paid his bills by check and stamps and envelopes. He answered texts using his old school flip phone that couldn't go online. He wrote letters, lots of them, 250 letters a month. Why? He had all this time. He wasn't on social media. That's why he had that all the time to write 250 letters. He did his doctoral research the old school way, going to the library, looking at books and printed materials. Uh, He said he had a lot more phone conversations. He also said he felt like a time traveler, But all that is in the past now. Uh, Finally, this coming in at number five, AI is taking over. A small Caribbean island that you may have never heard of is going to make a ton of money off of AI. It's called Antigua. And what's the tie to AI? Well, the country is lucky enough to have all of its websites end with domain .ai. So if anybody wants a website with a .ai, they're going to have to pay up. So how much are they making? Oh, about $30 million a year. Wow, isn't that something?
All right, Bob in Atlanta, Georgia. Glad to have you with us. Hi there, Bob. I'm an Amazon reseller. I've been doing it for over 13 years. I sell cosmetics, makeup, and I also sell makeup brushes. Mm-hmm. On August the 2nd, I get a policy warning from Amazon stating that I sold a counterfeit brush. Now, I've never I've never had a complaint about any brush I sold, never got any negative feedback, never even had a return. So it was kind of surprising. And when I looked at the warning, it said that uh, it was called a counterfeit claim without a test buy. So that, so nobody actually bought the product. Someone made oh. an accusation. Okay. Which is, you know, which is, it's par for the course with Amazon that, you know, they can pretty much do what they want to do. So they gave me an email address of a person I should contact to have the the, the counterfeit claim removed. I, I sent several emails. That it was actually, with, it was an AOL address, which I thought was pretty bizarre. Um, yeah, but, that's bizarre. But, it, but anyway, um, I sent the emails, no response. So then I decided I'm going to, I'm going to contact the manufacturer of the brush. Since they're claiming that was the brand owner, the, the manufacturer of the brush is actually based in Canada. I don't know if you want me to give you the name or not. but yeah, Name's not important, but you know, you okay. did the right okay. thing by contacting so, them. That was smart. Yeah. So I, and I, I was polite, but I was kind of saying, well, Amazon told me that you, you guys accused me of selling counterfeit. And they said, no, wasn't us. We don't do that. In fact, we don't sell our brushes on Amazon. We tried to sell our brushes on Amazon at one point, and Amazon said we were not the brand owner. Okay. Even yeah. though they provided, even though they provided, uh, you know, corporate documents showing they have business license in, uh, to do business in Canada, and they sell their brushes online at, from their website. So I said, well, that's interesting because, you know, someone is accusing me of, of being uh, of selling counterfeit and they're not and they're not even the brand owner. But Amazon refuses to remove the counterfeit claim against me. And basically they have this new thing called account health performance. And if you get you know too many claims like that, they'll kick you off permanently. So I'm, I really don't know where to go here because all of my brushes came in Ipsy bags. You know, you're familiar with yes. Ipsy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you get five samples. You, sometimes you get four samples in a brush. Sometimes mm-hmm. you get four samples and a, uh, a makeup, I mean, a uh, mask or something like that. And, sure. But I got a lot of brushes a couple years ago, uh, and I've been selling them, still sell them. And like I said, never had a complaint. But um, so they, the only way they could get you to comply is to provide them a wholesale invoice from an authorized distributor of that product. But there are no authorized distributors of that product. They only sell from the manufacturer, from their website, and then they send out these brushes in Ipsy bags every so often. Okay, so now how do you I, – I, you know, I'm not an active Amazon seller. We do have a store there, but yeah. um, how do you file an appeal to this? You, uh, you can sometimes talk to someone on the phone. However, you're sent to India and it's, sometimes it's very difficult to communicate. Um, there, there are appeal procedures, but they want you to provide, the only way they'll accept an appeal is if you provide them with a wholesale invoice. And if you send them a letter saying, you know, you're sorry, uh, it'll never happen again, then they still keep the, dem- the, the demerit on your record for sure. six months. You know, there's one so, side that I'm like, I'm, on one side, I'm like, I'm happy that they are pursuing this. But then there's the other side that I'm sad that they are pursuing it in your case, you know, because we don't want to buy counterfeit stuff. And you can't get sure. the, you can't get the manufacturer just to write you a letter. I have an email from them that says they never sent me the uh, the counterfeit warning and they sent and they, they never sent Amazon a counterfeit warning. I mean, that's all I have. And, and I haven't oh, I haven't wow. I haven't sent that to Amazon. Um I, I just didn't know if it would even make a difference. 
Well, you know, this is where you have to throw everything you can against the wall, right? I mean, this is mm -hmm. your livelihood. You're going into what would be, and it will be, the busiest shopping season of the year, right? Right. Uh, so we want to make sure that you have all your ducks in the row for that, especially, you know, it's Christmas and it's Thanksgiving Absolutely. and it's Black Friday. It's and everybody's yep. everybody's going to be on Amazon buying everything that they can. Uh, right. I, I would be inclined to pull any type of lever possible. Uh, okay. I might even be inclined to see if I could, if I needed to, is to get somebody to write a legal letter. Because sometimes people act differently when they get, there's a letterhead uh, associated mm -hmm. with that. One of the other tricks that I have done, and and I don't know, but I'm pretty I'm pretty aggressive and assertive, whatever you want to call it, when I want to get a job done. Everybody here at the studios are like, oh, no, get out of her way because she's coming through, right, type of thing, <laughs> is that you can always do a search for Amazon press release and Amazon media department. And typically, they're going to have a way for you to contact them. Because what they don't want is somebody like you investing time, money, effort, and energy on a national radio show and a big-time podcast talk about how crappy it is to sell stuff on Amazon and they don't pay attention. Right. And so I would be inclined to go ahead and try to track down that person and also their email address and tell them my tale of woe and say, what can we do to get this stopped? Now, I'm going to do you a solid better, okay, mm -hmm. is that we do have an Amazon contact. Uh, for okay. the media department, for, from their media department. What I'd like you to do is to just outline for me everything that you just said, include all yeah. the links to your store, you know, any type of ammo yeah. that you can give me to forward right. to them and to say, you know, you know, Bob's a great guy. He's he's just selling some brushes and makeup or not counterfeiting anything. And here's the email from the manufacturer. And so how do we get this turned around for Bob? Because it's so hard when you're dealing with these tech companies, right? I mean, right. they don't want to, they don't really don't want to talk to you. I mean, they right. don't really want to help you. I mean, you think that they would, but you're like, mm, not so much. And try to go right. ahead and find an 800 number for anybody. And the worst thing you can do is go ahead and Google that. So, Bob, I'm going to go ahead and put you on hold, okay? Yeah. And, uh, and then we're going to give you an email address to send me all of that good stuff that we just talked about, and we'll see what we can do to get that turned around post-haste. Typically, if I get involved, hmm, they're going to help out because I've got, I've got a big digital footprint online and offline. So again, Bob, happy to help you out. And for everybody else, we'll tell you how it turns out. And thank you for your call today, Bob. You know, at this point, I would probably look at alternative places to also start selling my stuff, maybe at Etsy or eBay or even just starting some social media ads with my own website because it's hard to be dependent upon one place like Amazon because they can just wipe you out of business in an instant. All right, we're going to talk about search engine optimization. Yes, everything in the tech industry, it's always shortened up to an acronym. You know that, SEO. What exactly is it? Well, it's this magic that will make your website just appear at the top of the Google search results. Yeah, it's some tricks and techniques that if you own a website, you need to make sure that your site stands out and you know a lot about SEO or else, let's just face it, you're going to end up on page two or three, which... <laughs> 
Nobody really ever goes there. Well, maybe a couple of people do. And joining us here on the Kim Commando Show is our very own amazing content queen, Allie Seligman, because let me tell you, she knows everything. She's an expert. Well, right, <laughs> Allie, right? Uh, yes. Thank you, Kim. I, I am, indeed. <laughs> well, see, it used to be that with search engine optimization that, you know, we always had like these insider tricks because it's not like Google says, you know, here are the five ways, the 10 ways to make sure that you always appear on the search results at the very top. Why don't they just tell us this, Allie? <laughs> well, first, if they did, that would kind of get rid of an entire industry of people that charge a right. heck of a lot of money to do that for you. But really, it's, I mean... Google bombing is kind of what it comes down to. I don't know if you've ever heard that term. I, you have, Kim. But it's essentially when someone games the system to get something right to the top of search results that was never intended. And the more Google says, here's exactly what to do, the easier it is for people to do that. A couple examples. I know we don't get political here, but these things are usually political. They're usually activists. So in 2003... If you searched for miserable failure, you would get the official biography of George W. Bush. Uh, oh, 2018, there was a time. <laughs> yeah. In 2018, there was a time where if you searched idiot, all the top images would be Donald Trump. Not again, not getting political. I'm just telling you what happened. Um, and then it's not always politics, though. One, uh, in 2019, when people were pretty upset about the end of Game of Thrones, if you searched the names of the showrunners for that show, uh, yeah, you got some pretty bad stuff about them. Again, uh, a stupid idiot kind of thing. So, so it doesn't make sense to lay out all the rules because Google wants to make sure people are actually trying to create good content and not just get their stuff to the top of page one because anybody can do that, right? If you know the, the right tricks. Well, you know, aside from knowing the tricks, I mean, you can always buy it, right? I mean, you get that sponsored as the very top. And, you know, and yeah. it, it's always interesting to me that how much you pay really depends upon, like, your industry and your keywords. And so, like, for example, if you're in the insurance industry, you're going to pay a lot more than if you were, I don't know, uh, breeding chameleons because nobody really wants that, right? Absolutely. The more competition, the more big names you're going against, the more you're going to pay. So yeah, if you are trying to be number one car salesman in your state, that's going to be really tough. But yeah, if you're if you're breeding those chameleons, probably a really good chance you're going to get to the top. All right. So let's go ahead and give all of our listeners and viewers right now some really hardcore, some concrete tips so that this way they have the best shot ever of getting on that first page of the Google search results. Keywords. Keywords have always been important and they always will be important. Everyone knows we've all ended up on that web page where you can tell they took a list of keywords and sprinkled them and it just kind of feels like word salad. Doesn't make any sense. That is kind of the worst use case of keywords. But you can't guess, right? You can't guess what you should use. You need to use a tool for it. So Google Keyword Planner is a good place to start. It's free. And if you are just thinking like, what should I really target for my business? Start there. This connects with your Google Analytics account and you know it all talks together. As you can afford it, if you can afford it, it is better to invest in tools that are gonna do a better job at this and watch your performance over time. Uh, one that we like is SEMrush. 
It is expensive though. It starts at 130 bucks a month. So save that for when you're a little further down the road, but either way, you definitely need a tool for this. So, so the whole idea behind the keywords is that you're going to put the most important words on your site that you think your customer is going to be typing into Google, right? Absolutely. And one thing that's interesting here is that is kind of shifting with voice search. So the way that you might have targeted five years ago is already different than what you're going to do now. Because think about how you would type something in versus how you might say it to your phone. You know, I might say, best Thai food Phoenix, or I might, t- I might type best Thai food Phoenix just because I'm trying to type it out quick, right? But when I pick mm-hmm. up my phone and I talk to it, I'm probably going to say something like, hey, what's the best Thai food near me? It's a lot more conversational. And so that kind of changes the way you do keywords. Another reason that using one of those planners or services to help you, they know what's going on. They know the trends. They know what people are actually searching for. And so that's a whole lot easier than trying to think about, okay, what is every single term my customers may search? You know, that's really good advice. Okay, uh, let's move on to the next tip, which is about, what is it, the author bios? Yes. One thing that Google really wants to see, especially as AI is taking over, making all this content, nope, people want to see real stuff written by real people. And that's really important to show. How do you show it? One thing, like you said, Kim, include author bios. If you have a blog and you write about cars, Tell us who you are, why you write about cars, your experience, why we should listen to you. You know, the more you can show, this is my expertise and here's why, the better. Um, If you have a website where multiple people write, great. Have an author page that lays out everyone's experience and who they are and what they do. Uh, It's good to link to social media accounts. Anything that gives more credibility and it's not just, oh, that's somebody using ChatGPT to write articles. (laughs) That's the last thing you write. So prove that you're a real person. And, and, you know, and put a photo up of the person too, because that also says, okay, this, yeah, that this is a a bonafide human being. We don't have to sit there and go, (laughs) oh God, chat GPT one more time. All right. So Allie, we have so many people that have their own small businesses. Uh, And that's always a big question too, because let's say you're just a sole proprietor of a, you're a plumber or you're a carpenter or you're a florist. I mean, and then you're competing with everybody else in the world. Um, What about some tips for those folks? Yeah, directories are going to be your friend. This is especially true if you have a physical business, but it's true also if you are, like you said, a sole proprietor, you've got your own gig. So one place to start, make sure that you have a page on Google My Business. This lets you control, you know, everything from how you show up on Google Maps to, you know, getting notifications when you get reviews from people. I see them all the time. How many people searched Kim Commando, West Star Multimedia, right? We get those because we're set up on Google My Business. Again, local directories are really, really powerful. Um, You can do this yourself. And if you do, there are a couple things that I want you to focus on. Consistency. So make sure that the name of the business, your address, and the phone number are exactly the same everywhere. This helps that algorithm know, oh, okay, Jim's Plumbing is this Jim's Plumbing is this Jim's plumbing all over these different places. This is the same thing. If you have a different phone number, how would it know, right? It would think it was it was two separate businesses. There are services that will do this for you because I'm going to be honest, 
it's a pain. It's a lot of work. There are it is. hundreds of directories, probably dozens that you really, really should be on, but there are so, so many. And think about if like you changed your phone number and you had to go through and do those on uh, every single website. You know what? Oh, that happened really to my is. sister. Because, uh, you know, mm. she moved and then she has another school and a new school. And then she's like, oh, my gosh, they're calling the old phone number. And then that person's getting all ticked off because they're getting calls for a Dr. Davidson. <laughs> but So I'm like, did you have to change the phone number? Was <laughs> Because you're right. Totally, totally a pain in the neck. And, and before we just leave the local businesses, uh, of course, Yelp, super important, right? Oh, absolutely. You want to have a Yelp profile for sure. You want to control that, you know, put in that good bio of who you are, why your business is so great. Do that on any other site that you know your customers are using too. Um, back to the Google, my business. Yeah, you can write a profile there for yourself. So keep those consistent. It's nice because once you write it one place, you can kind of copy and paste it to all the other sites. They all want essentially the same thing. So there's maybe there's the start of your to-do list. Sit down, open a document, yeah, right. <laughs> write who your business, you know, who your customers are, why you're the greatest, and then go put that all over the internet. Okay, these are all great tips. And um, Allie, of course, you're going to write them up and put them on the website, right? You know I will. You got it. And oh, I just got to leave with this. Why did the vegan become an SEO marketeer? Why did the vegan become an SEO marketeer? You know this, Allie? Hmm. Anyone? No. Mm-mm. Uh, because she likes organic growth. Oh, <laughs> nightmare. You know what? That, know, was that, was that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Okay. Hey, thanks for being here, Al. <laughs> All right. Are your apps listening to everything that you say? Ah, yes. There's a hidden list in your smartphone that will tell you if they really are. And I'm going to give you a way to stop all that listening. Because when you install an app, do you actually ever read the app's terms and conditions? No way. Nobody does. Well, inside all that legal mumbo jumbo that you just say yes to when you click to agree, you may have given those apps permission to listen into your phone's mic and collect all this data. So how do you find out which apps are actually doing this? For if you're on an iPhone, simply open settings, tap privacy and security, and then microphone. This is going to pull up a list of all the apps that use that microphone. And from there, you can just disable the apps you don't want picking up any conversations. Now, if you're on an Android, we love you too. Kind of works the same way. In your settings menu, you're going to find the apps permission manager. And there, you're going to disable the mic for any apps that should not be using it. And finally, before you download any apps, make sure that you read the reviews in the Apple App Store or Google Play. Now, if you're just sitting there saying, oh my gosh, Kim, what are those steps again? I have you covered. Head over to commando.com. Let's see, Rebecca in Salem, Oregon. Hi there, Rebecca. I'm 70 years old right now, but back in the olden days when I was learning how to do the computer stuff, um, I signed up for every single one of your newsletters, and I'm still getting them. And you made me feel pretty darn smart because I was able to figure out this stuff. I even made a website, and I I thought I was pretty much genius, you know, because of all your help. But in recent years, with all this technology, with televisions and all this, um, uh, I'm just feeling like I'm an olden girl anymore because it's just, it's so confusing. My problem is, or our problem is that when we go traveling in our travel trailer, we have Mm -hmm. Dish Network at home, and so we have the dish that we take with the trailer. 
problem is that most of the parks you're going to be in have trees, and it's really hard. You either don't get it or you've got to string a wire a long ways out, or you get very, very few channels for all the money that you're spending on DISH. I sure. I see things about streaming. I don't have a clue what in the world that really means. Um, another problem we have is a lot of the areas we go to are quite remote, and so we have no Internet. And um, I just didn't know if there's anything other than just going to bed at 730 every night. So <laughs> not like we want but it's just kind of nice to, to watch a few shows. So Okay, so here's here's what you can do, is that you have something called um, offline viewing. And so let's say, for example, do you have Netflix? Yes. Okay, so with Netflix, what you can do is you just go to the movie, and then in the three-dot menu, there's going to be an option to download the movie. And then you can download the movie. Not all titles are available for download, Rebecca. Uh, okay. So the the whole idea is, so even though it's streaming, is that when, before you guys head off for your next adventure, is that you go onto Netflix and you download some movies onto your tablet or on your laptop, and you can do this on Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, and again, you just go to the show, the movie, and there's going to be a download option. It's a pretty decent selection. Now, the, the big benefit, of course, is that you don't need to have an internet connection to do this. It's really sweet. Uh, now, if you're finding that your laptop, your tablet, your phone, or whatever gets overloaded, is that that's when you can buy an external hard drive. And then you can also maybe even connect that up to your TV if it supports media playback. Uh, so so you're just going to download these movies. And so we're not going to be streaming. We're not going to worry about any internet access. Uh, you can get all the shows that you might want and maybe like, you know, pick a series that was really where you guys like laughed a whole bunch maybe 20 years ago and then you can rewatch that type of stuff. Uh, but we're going to we're not going to worry about having a Wi-Fi booster, uh, a, a separate antenna, um, a local SIM card, you know, whatever it may be. You know, the, the easiest way to do this when you're camping is to find whatever movie that you want, unless you want to do DVDs, which, you know, that's always an option. Um, but just to find the movies on whatever service that you're looking at, and then you're going to go ahead and download it. Now, keep in mind, it's going to give you different options to download it. You know, depending upon space, you you, nest, you may not need 1080p. 720 may be just enough for, you know, whatever TV that you have in your travel trailer. So if space is an issue, just keep in mind that, Super HD may not be for you. That 4K movie, mm, probably too much. But the 720 may be all that you need in order to now go to bed at 730 and still have some laughs and have a nice glass of wine. And Rebecca, if you need any help afterwards getting this all set up, uh, just search the website for offline viewing. That's what it's called. Yeah. Technical term, offline viewing. And thank you for your call. Okay. It's a dark moment. The power's out and you don't have any bars. So what can you do? Here's the secret. Your ISP has backup power for situations just like this. So for a limited time, you could still access the internet even during a power outage. But here's the critical part. Your modem and your router, they need power too. And that's where you need to have an external backup battery comes into play. You just plug your modem and your router into one, and then they can stay powered even after everything else goes dark. 
And then you can use Wi-Fi-based apps like FaceTime or Skype, and then you can send text messages, you can make phone calls. So you do need that external backup battery. We have our picks over at commando.com. Typically, they last anywhere between, gives you like 15 minutes, up to three hours. But for those extra hours, it's going to cost you maybe a grand. Hey, be sure that you tell three friends about the Kim Commando Show. This program is a copyrighted production of Westar Multimedia Entertainment and protected by the copyright laws. Any rebroadcast or use of this program for commercial, business, economic, or financial purposes without the written permission of Westar Multimedia Entertainment is strictly prohibited.